tropical storms, then turning warm and quite humid and foggy tonight. Lows in the mid-70s, partly sunny, hot, and humid tomorrow. Highs in the low to mid-90s, except near 90 at the shore. Warm, humid, and foggy again tomorrow night. Lows again in the mid-70s. Variable cloudiness, quite warm and humid on Sunday. Chance of thunderstorms developing in the afternoon. The highs 85 to 90. Current temperature 79 degrees. Humidity 69%. Wind southwest 11 miles an hour, gusting to 21. Barometer 30 inches and steady in the THI 75. Highlights in the news at this hour. Third annual Women's Rights March in mid-Manhattan falls far short of expectations. Democratic presidential candidate George McGovern charges President Nixon with covering up unemployment and welfare problems. Vice President Agnew tells veterans of foreign wars convention that the McGovern amnesty proposals for draft dodgers would tear the country apart. And that's the latest from the WOR newsroom. Lester Smith reporting. Over WOR New York, your station for news as it happens. Coming up, Gene Shepard. Oh, 
now he's walking. <laughs> That's very nice. I mean, there's something I like about, uh, you know, basic, uh, basic stridings forward in the cultural world. I, <laughs> anyway, just, uh, oh, there's nothing to put hair on your lungs like a cup of lukewarm New York water. <clears throat> the bear missed the train. Hey, listen, uh, while we're on the subject of, uh, of the bears, uh, one thing I didn't tell you about Sweden, <laughs> and this ain't a show tonight about Sweden particularly, but I'm going to tell you one thing about Sweden. You know what happened last week in in, uh, in Stockholm that uh, they're all talking about? I mean, you know, even in Stockholm, they were talking about this. A big white Cadillac convertible with the top down drove all over <laughs> Stockholm last week, and... Uh, well, first of all, Cadillacs are very unusual in Stockholm to begin with. This is a big white one, a great big one, see? Top down and a white leather upholstery all over the place, you know. Drove all over Stockholm and in the Cadillac, in fact, in the back seat, they were sitting up in the back, you know, up on the, up on the trunk lid there, you know. <laughs> you know, like visiting uh, politicians, uh, waving at the crowd. In the car were six... Well, I... <clears throat> Uh, it's Friday, right? Are the kids still up? Okay, well, uh, in the car were six young ladies of fantastic uh, endowment, totally uh, jaybird naked, driving around all over town, see? In the middle of uh, the afternoon. This was uh, not at two in the morning. This was like, uh, you know, one in the afternoon. Rush hour. Everybody was out for lunch. And here they're driving up and down. And on the side of their car, they had big signs all around the side of the car, and it was an advertising stunt. And they were advertising a house of, um, um, well, uh, would you please give me a little music while I think on just how to word this, please. What a bear missed the train. The bear missed the train. What a bear missed the train, and now he's walking. <laughs> the bear missed the train. The bear missed the train. The bear missed the train, and now he's walking. Thank you. So you see, uh, <coughs> Brack, you see culture is, uh, is moving on. I'd like to, you know, along that same line, for those of you who are uh, uh, Jaybird Naked fans, uh, we have a little note here that you might find uh, interesting. Hello, test, 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 hello, test. We're just uh, adjusting our 500,000-watt transmitter here. Hello, test, hello. Hello, Connecticut. Hello, yes, uh, we're just testing. Uh, we have, but look, we, we'd like to salute uh, you, uh, Jaybird Naked fans. Uh, for those of you who are sports fans, uh, the husband of the new Miss Nude America is so proud. This is a, a UPI note. It says the husband of the new Miss Nude America is so proud of her that he's going to quit his job as a professional bowler. That sounds like an intellectual family, doesn't it? He's going to quit his job as a professional bowler and become her full-time manager. Uh, Mrs. Judy Day, who's a rather ample figure, uh, it's uh, actually truly ample, it's 49-25-37 figure, won her the title during the weekend in competition at Roseland, Indiana, nudist colony, has been an exotic dancer up to now, but she says her career as what she called herself Miss Flechette is over, and she will now devote all of her time to her new title of Miss Nude America which she says will earn her $1,500 a week. And uh, I would like you, for those of you out there who collect great statements of our time, get your transcriber out, because what Miss Nude America says is a, uh, well, it's an inspiration to all of us. Uh, she says, and we quote, My husband is very proud of me. He quoted me some poetry about this being the one chance in life and that my tide was coming in. Yes, uh, that's one way to put it, honey. 49, 25, 37. It ain't only her tide. <laughs> Boy, what a center of gravity that lady has, I'll tell you. Got to watch that weight loading, don't you, Herb? Center of gravity like that, I'll tell you. 
My tide floweth. Yes, a man has to do that. I, I, I uh, remember the quotation. It's almost on the tip of my tongue. It's something about that. That the tide rushes out or something, and man must grasp at the full tide uh, something, or something doesn't happen, or, or if he doesn't grasp at the full tide something, something won't happen. What, how does that the quotation go, please, out there? Would uh, one of our intellectual type listeners let us know what that is? You know, I mean, you, know the, you know the quotation, don't you? What, what, what is this? What is this? And, and, and again... Archie Bunkerism is rampant in this station, I'll tell you. Oh, you thought it was a story about a bowling pro, huh? I see, you, you missed the thing there. Huh? Miss Flechette, you didn't, you know, yeah, well, she was uh, performing uh, at a nudist colony in Roselawn, Indiana. Well, if you know anything about Roselawn, Indiana, that's uh, you know, kind of a, that's a thought-provoking idea in itself. Roselawn, Indiana, I'll tell you, friends, makes a... Uh, Farmington, New Jersey, look like New York. Would you lay some compose on me, Herbert, please? So tell me about it. Imagine how I felt my first art show and me an amateur. Listen, a lesson in this for all of you. Listen. You should have taken aspirin. But I didn't have a headache. I felt a bit edgy, so I took Compose. Listen to this. Compose for temporary relief of occasional simple nervous tension. Listen, she was painting bad. How did they like it? Would you believe I sold three watercolors right mm-hmm. off? A bit mm-hmm. edgy at times? Help take the edge off mm-hmm. with Compose. <laughs> it's the Caribbean for our honeymoon. There's no skiing there. Use your pretty head. Oh, please don't touch my head. Why? Dandruff. And I used a dandruff shampoo two days ago. <laughs> Maybe yours is tougher than plain dandruff. It can be psoriasis. See your doctor. Sorex medicated shampoo used regularly helps relieve flaking and scaling. Sorex. P-S-O-R-E-X. Tougher than plain dandruff. Hey, you can go water skiing there. Mm, what a smart little head. That's one of those... Sorex great... shampoo. <laughs> tougher than plain dandruff. Oh, I almost said. It's one of those great non-conversations that you hear in commercials. You know, don't touch my head, it's my dandruff. Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? Oh, don't touch my head, it's my dandruff. Oh, look at it, it's all over me. No, no, it's just a... It's a, comes a, you know, it's kind of a great grotesque thought that Jean Genet could write a scene like that, you know, the dandruff king. And uh, I'm sorry, Lee. You know, could be, well, you could get the, you could get the Madeline Sherwood to play it. You know, she comes on stage tippy toe, strewing dandruff as she comes. Oh, the bear missed the train. The bear, that's a catchy little thing, isn't it? La now he's walking. Oh, the bear missed the train. You know, uh, uh, speaking of uh, of Sweden, I might as well talk a little bit about that. No, I, I better not uh, tonight. Uh, people are very nervous and high tension. You know, tonight it's uh, it is. It's Friday night. Everybody's uh, getting on the mark and they're getting down, squatting in the squatting position. All right, gang, we're gonna do the squat and toe. So it's PT time, and uh, while you're getting ready out there to do the squat and toe and the bicycle in place movement, I do a few little push-ups and then a couple of laps around the track, I'd like to uh, lay, if you will, upon you a general tire commercial. It's beautifully written. It's kind of poetic. It says, see your local general tire specialist for a great pre-Labor Day buy on famous General Jet White Wall tires. And uh, I'll just read it the way it is. It says, prices as low as, as $29.90 for a pair of those long mileage tires in the popular size. In fact, everybody loves this size. 650 by 13 tubeless white walls. That That is, that's my favorite size. And uh, you go to where you see the big red General Tire G, and uh, you just lay them white walls on your car, and life will become a song. In, in Plainfield, if you're out there in Plainfield, oh, God, what a fate. In Plainfield, visit the new store. It's at uh, 815 West Front Street on Grant Avenue. You ask for Joseph Vasta. He's just standing out there on one foot waiting for you to come over getting time. And the, while we're about that, let's see, it says, uh, no, that can't be. It says, right now, uh, do you, is that on E.T., Shoe Town? Is that on E.T.? No, I didn't think so. In the guise of mild-mannered Lionel Marshall, proprietor of over 75 Shoe Town stores, you hear this? is the man with super Schumann powers known the world over as Super Shoe. 
<laughs> Today we find Lionel in the stock room of a shoe town store in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania. Say, Lois, will you please hand me that stack of boxes? You mean a stack of thousands of boxes filled with the beautiful and famous brand shoes that Super Shoe found all over the world and that he's given you to sell at such incredibly low prices? Yes, Lois, that's the stack I had in mind. Oh. Thank you. Gee, Lionel, these shoe town prices are so low. How do you suppose Super Shoe does it? I guess we'll never know, Lois. We'll never know. Super Shoe, keeping the prices incredibly low on famous brand shoes for the entire family at Shoe Town. Yes, indeed. Uh, that's exciting. Right now, Shoe Town is packed with Super Shoe bargains. For fall, thousands of famous maker shoes. Gee, it's a new brand for men, women, and children, all for many dollars less than at other stores. So get your entire family over to Shoe Town. I don't want to stick. La dee 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 la dee 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 dee. The courtroom was packed with eight thousand screaming guinea pigs, members of the Guinea Pig Liberation Front, who demanded more guinea pigs on the juries. We want to have a guinea pig judge, or at least a pro guinea pig judge. This is W O R New York. Speaking of pigs, I mean speaking of guinea pigs. Uh, here, hit it, please. You're the first lady I really tried to pick up. Would you make love to me? He was a man who wanted more than a wife. Mommy, I'm frightened. Can I sleep in your bed? He was a boy who wanted more than a mother. I feel like I'm split in two. I know that they're oceans apart. She was the prize, and they were the rivals. Do you love me, Mommy? If you want, I'll start having nightmares like I can cuddle up at night with you, huh? And I'll start pulling the bits. Mommy, I'm frightened. Can I sleep in your bed? Please, shut up! Engaged in a desperate struggle. He's hung up on me. Oh, yeah, maybe you're hung up on him. They would do anything to win her. And they would stop at nothing. You can't have your mother this way. Joseph E. Levine presents Krishna Shaw's Rivals, starring Joan Hackett, Robert Klein, and Scott Jacoby. Rivals from AFCO Embassy Pictures, rated R. Admitted without parent. Uh, see the rival. It's a fun picture now at the Cinema One Theater, 60th Street, and uh, 3rd Avenue. It's very exciting. A lot of screaming and yelling. You'll love it. Oh, my mere Mr. Shane. My mere Mr. Shane. Oh, the beer, Mr. Train, and now he's bubbling. Oh, my mere Mr. Shane. Walter, Mr. Train. Oh, ho, 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 I knew he'd do it. la da da tee tee dee da 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 tee 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 dee tee Yes, there is a tide in the affairs of men that taken at the flood leads on to fortune. And so it will be with, with Miss Nude America swept on like Julius Caesar on the tide of flood of fortune leading her to unbelievable dough. With them uh, 49ers sticking out in front, she's going to do all right. That's the heavy artillery. Hey, what's this uh, Christian thing we got here? Christian? What's this? They're coming Dear up on God, cat's feet. Help us not to be afraid of life. There's so much that happens in life that we just as soon tune out and turn off. But we can't. There's also so much that we hope for that just never happens. And because things seem so uncertain, sometimes... Well, sometimes we get scared. And when we're scared, Lord, for some foolish reason we take it out on you. We laugh at you and we blame you. We forget that you are the only one who can give us direction and courage and hope in the uncertainties of life. Help us to remember that you have an unchanging message for a changing world. Teach us, Lord, to trust and obey. Produced by the Christian Reformed Church. Well, that makes you think. I mean, have you ever have you ever had a vague, fleeting impression, Herb, that it's getting so fantastically insane you just can't stand it? <laughs> I mean, it's just great. <laughs> I'll tell you, we're living in a gigantic Gollum Life can be 
Here's a guy that knows what it's about. We'd like to salute George Ferguson, please, if you don't mind. George Ferguson in Perth, Scotland. He was fined $250 Monday for escaping the slam twice. Twice he ran out of jail. But he came back, I mean, each time. He, uh, he just ran out to get a pint of beer. Ferguson discovered the key to the fire escape also fit front of the jail doors, and he made two trips out for a beer. <laughs> the guards thought he was locked in. <laughs> they fined him for it. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> they should have applauded him for it. He came back. You know, that that seems kind of rotten. They find him. You know, he's going to get beer. Well, you know, I'm not, we're on the subject. Oh, yes, that's true. The courtroom was packed. I mean, you know, the guinea pigs screaming, they're political prisoners. Give me that machine gun. I want to do a little tiger practice here. My practice a little bit of herb, please. <coughs> What's the matter? Did I hurt you? That hurt your throat? I'll be damned. That's tr that's called transference. That's a very interesting uh, psychological problem. Uh, let's uh, try that again, Herb. Rat -a -ta 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 Is that better? No, huh? That's just a little target practice. A little high and wide. It's pulling to the right. Well, I'll tell you this, though. When you come back from Sweden, it kind of takes a while to get uh, orientated, as uh, my friend Barry Faba says. Well, uh, yeah, well, of course, I had a first sergeant who talked like that, too. And, in fact, he had even the same damned accent. I remember him walking around up in the front there in that uh, Quonset hut. He said, now, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you, if I don't do it, I'm going to see a lot of action around here. I'm going to see a lot of dust raised around here. I'm, my job is to orientate you men, and I'm going to I'm going to orientate you. We almost said it there, didn't we? Um, no, I didn't say that. What's the matter with you? You're getting chicken in your old age. You know that, don't you? That's. Do you know what they call that? You know what they call that? They call that the shakes. Golfers get it. When they're starting to get old, they get nervous when they're, they're uh, you know, lining up a putt. And uh, producers get like that. The, the, the more crow-like they get in their attitude and their mind, the more nervous they get. And that's why they start winding up producing Doris Day movies. You know, they start out doing last year at Marion Band. Hey, by the way, that would be a great idea for a, uh, an Archie Bunker, an Archie Bunker uh, sequence. Because he's, you know, he's sitting there waiting for... Uh, uh, he's waiting for the uh, movie of the week. You know, this is a Archie Bunker loves the movie of the week. All Archie Bunkers everywhere love the movie of the week, and they love the Jets. And uh, have you ever had a feeling that all of Shea Stadium is populated by nothing but Archie Bunkers and little little Archie Bunkers? I mean, only a little Archie Bunker would print a big sign that says Fairlawn, New Jersey loves Ed Cranepool. Now that, friends, is the true sentiment of Archie Bunker right there. And uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I uh, yeah yeah do you yeah, have you any of you have have you noticed the the sad decline of the quality of the signs at Shea Stadium? Oh yes yes, uh, it, back in the early '60s when the Mets first got underway, uh, spectacularly and hilariously for about the three seasons there, when the Mets really were the real Mets, you know, uh, you know Rod Keneal. Hot Rod Keneal, all those great guys. Yeah, they really were. Uh, the, the, the signs had beautiful, cutting, ironic humor. I mean, real, real uh, literary quality. And now the, uh, the, the classic sign, you know, is two eight-year-old kids walking around with their plastic batting helmets that they got at the Getty Station, walking around holding up a bed sheet that says, uh, Hackensack loves the Mets. And... Uh, you know, that's just so sad. It's a, what what it has it's fallen into uh it's fallen into toadyism. And now if one kid would stand up three kids would stand up with a great big sign that says, uh, East Fairlawn hates the Mets I would feel that there's a little life left out there. You know, that would have a little oh you you don't see that? Of course you do. I knew you would. After I explained it, I knew you'd get it. So uh <laughs> I just uh, yeah yeah some of the great signs. How many of you? Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's let's put this to a test out here. Speaking of trivia fans, and now, now hold it there now, baby. Now listen to what what's going to be said. Get your thing out. All set. How many of you people uh, you know who watched the Mets back in the days when you know they were really the Mets? Remember when uh, 
who is the who is the outfielder uh, who hit uh, 35 home runs for the Mets the year they scored 37 runs? <laughs> yeah, he hit 35 home runs. Uh, Willie Joe name? No, 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 no. He he doesn't play that game. That's that's another game he plays. Uh, well, who was it? Uh, all right, I'll tell you. It's Frank Thomas, right? Okay. Now, now here's the question. They had this great uh, aggregation, see, and uh, and the, the, the signs began to pop up very shortly after the Mets began to play. I, I remember I was out at the Polo Grounds, you know, and the first couple of signs broke out in the left field bleachers, and uh, you know, the, and they were beautiful cutting sardonic signs. There was a different kind of guy who went to the Mets in those days. Uh, it, it, they were all uh, uh, almost uh, subterranean the protesters. There's a, a whole different thing. Now, there's uh, you never saw such a group of joiners out there. You know, there's always a big thing on the signboard. It says, uh, the Mets uh, welcome uh, the East Japip Rotary Club and cigar makers. And they're all out there, you know, with their funny hats and blowing their horns. The big thing says, we love the Mets. Well, that's a whole different ball game, you know. And I would like to ask any of you out there who, who uh, let's just let's just see how what kind of an American you are, what kind of a New Yorker you are. How many of you remember those great signs? You remember the signs, okay? I want any of you who actually remember specific signs to call in and let's hear what your favorite sign was that that appeared out at Shea or at the Polo Grounds before the uh, Fairlawn, New Jersey loves the Mets crowd took over. You know. That crowd joined uh, the Mets uh, following, by the way, shortly before and after they won the pennant. Before that, it was all, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember, oh, that was a great sign. Lee, Lee hold it up there for a minute. Yeah, the, I remember that sign. It was a great sign. Uh, they, they held a big sign out there. It says, Jesus saves, not McGraw. <laughs> now, of course, that was kind of a late one. That was because Tug McGraw, you know, is a contemporary ball player with the Mets, but uh, that was a pretty good one. Uh, I remember one guy, for example, uh, all of a sudden he popped it out, uh, uh, one of those fantastic plays that the Mets would make, you know, like uh, like Rod Keneal would come in and catch it on the Adams apple, see, and he'd, he'd make a, a fantastic dive for it, and the, because his eyes were bad, he dove for the bag instead of the ball. You know, he grabs the bag, tries to throw it over to the first baseman. Who was the first baseman? Of course, Marvelous Marv. And what was worse, Marvelous Marv tried to catch it. You know, that kind of thing, seeing the runners all the way around the third. Well, some guy just whipped out a sign, just uh, out of the blue. He held his sign up, and all it was was a gigantic exclamation mark. <laughs> That's all he lowered it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, his timing was perfect. It was right after this fantastic thing. And then, of course, then the, uh, that, that started a whole sequence of uh, punctuation uh, signs. Like, uh, for example, they, uh, the, the PA system says, uh, PA system used to always come out and says, And now, pitching for the Mets, number 26, Aloysius J. Zimbowski. We repeat, now pitching for the Mets, number 26, Aloysius J. Zimbowski. Somebody held up a great big question mark. <laughs> Who was Aloysius J. Zimbowski? They had these guys who would come up for about five minutes, you know, they had to go down again. Yeah, I, did somebody just call that up? Yeah, there's another great Met sign of that, that, that period. Uh, some guy held this one up one day, and it's an unforgettable sign. It was just a sign that simply says, uh, give me a little echo chamber. How long? <laughs> How long? <laughs> and all those guys, of course, are now going. They're, they're, uh, there, uh, that crowd, as, as soon as uh, the, the great horde of, of eight-year-old Bat Day fans started to arrive, you know, in the, the Lindsey Nelson crowd, uh, they, uh, they, they quickly, uh, they quickly weeded themselves out. Uh, you know, it's just about a matter of attrition, you know. There's certain people who cannot follow anything that wins. They can't, you know. I, I wonder how many people, you know, great McGovern fans are today, you know, that, the same crowd tends to follow guys like that. I'm just curious how many of them would get really mad if McGovern actually won. <laughs> oh, within two weeks, they'd be, you know, writing angry cartoons into the voice, you think you sold out. But uh, uh, anybody else? Come on, let's hear some of those great uh, slogans. Are you, are you the only one uh, in there? Come on, let's let's hear some of them. Come on, get out. Or, or, uh, or are there just the Johnny-come-lately Met fans out there, you know, uh, Hackensack loves the Mets types? 
You know, it's a sad crew. Uh, there were there used to be, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite ones uh, was uh, was <laughs> was. <coughs> They used to pop up back at first base, and they used to heckle uh, Marv Throneberry all the time with signs. And, uh, and for example, one guy held up a sign one day. I'm out there. It says, please, Marv, catch it. My mother's back here. You know, <laughs> he wanted to get hit with a ball. <laughs> and, and, and uh, of course, the Mets uh, had a sense of humor about it themselves. They had to. Do you, I remember one day uh, when Throneberry was being interviewed on the field on TV, you know, and uh, they were asking him about this, and he says, "Well, he said, I, I, uh, I can't uh, tell you why I'm so popular out here, but uh, I sure don't mind it." Uh, incidentally, he's a much maligned ball player. His record is much greater than his uh, reputation. He was a good ball player, actually. But uh, he's like Marv Throneberry was like Sonny Tufts. Uh, Sonny Tufts wasn't a bad actor, but but uh, everybody got into the habit of saying Sonny who, or they'd say Sonny Tufts. It just drove them right out of the business, you know. <laughs> and, uh, that's literally what happened to Throneberry. Uh, come on, Lee, hold it up there. Let's let's see what some of those great... Yeah, here comes some great signs. Yeah, yeah, that was another famous line. Another famous... Uh, now, you see, that's way beyond... That's too, too literary uh, for the contemporary Met crowd. Much too literary. Uh, that was a famous one. Uh, Somebody held up a sign one day, and it had, you know, it had that that kind of Christian forbearance and that Christian perseverance to it. That, you know, it's kind of the story of the Western man. He just held up a sign that says "Endure." And it's got such simple grace and purity. And uh, he, of course, the timing of a sign is great. Uh, how many of you remember the great night? It was it was just it was a hot night, just like tonight. You might remember her, the great night. What pitcher, what Met pitcher, had lost 21 straight games? I mean, 21 straight games. That's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of games for a guy to pitch in, much less lose. He lost 21 straight games. And I remember the night that he, he on his 22nd game, it looked like he was going to take another pacing, you know. And the, here he was, he was laboring away out there. And, and, uh, and, and, and late in the ninth inning, uh, <laughs> uh, one of his fellow Mets caught a hold of a fastball on the, on the high outside corner, you know, and he must have hit it with his, his eyes closed, and hit it right out of the park. And he won the ball game. And the entire crowd, this was at, you know, this was out at the Polar Grounds. The entire stands, millions of people were out there because the guy had lost 21 straight games, you know. And uh, there was a tremendous roar, and it was like the World Series. And everybody poured out on the field. What was the name of the pitcher? Who was the pitcher? Who did that? Well, now I'm not going to repeat the whole story. If you were in there talking to your friend and discussing parakeets, you missed the story. No, Jay Hook, no. Jay Hook was not a man of distinction. This is a man of distinction. It takes a man with style to lose 21 straight games. Jay Hook didn't have that talent. No, I mean it. Who was it? Who was it? Why, it, it, why this, this is a milestone in modern baseball. 21 straight defeats. <laughs> that is correct. And uh, he... he uh, all right, now I'll ask you a question. Who was that? And now, even a harder question, who was the guy that hit the home run that broke his fantastic losing streak? And I'll give you a clue. The guy that hit the home run is still active, but not playing on the Mets. He's very active, in fact. Who was it? fantastic moment. Well, of course, this, this kind of adversity. See, out of true adversity comes humor. Humor does not come out of affluence. There's never been... Uh, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> there's never been... Uh, uh, you know, no, no great comic was born a rich man. No way. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was a famous one. Uh, indeed, that became a watchword out at the Shea Stadium. That was another one. Of course, you see, that was a different one. That was a cry. Uh, that was a cry in the dark. That sign that was held up that, that the historic day when it first appeared at Chase Stadium, a, cr a cry for, for, uh, uh, for mercy. And uh, all, all the sign simply said was, help. That's all. <laughs> they hold it out there. <laughs> you don't see that kind of stuff out of shame. You know, nothing but those kids lumping around, those little fat kids, all bunch of little fat kids. 
Uh, they go out there to get on TV, and, Daddy, I want to get on television. Take me out to the Mets. And, uh, and they sweep around. They yeah, yelling, you know. And uh, immediately the kids hold up their sign, uh, you know, Fair Law in New Jersey loves the Mets. Well, uh, oh, no, this, uh, how, how the, no wonder the Mets are, are a lackluster crowd these days, you know. Uh, somebody has to raise a sign telling the truth about Ed Crane Paul. You know, somebody, yes. <laughs> that was a beauty. Yes, indeed. Uh, you want to hear another one? Uh, this is a great one. This Now, this is the kind of sardonic humor that only can come out of, uh, you know, a, uh, a series where, where the Mets have dropped seven straight and only scored two runs and uh, made an, an average of 17.9 errors per game. Uh, the the uh, the uh, famous one that uh, you know it kind of says it for so many so many moments at Shea or at uh, the Polar Grounds it says uh, help was uh, you know somebody hold up help and uh, then they would bring in another pitcher and he'd be out there a couple of minutes you know uh, throwing in those uh, slow easy fat curveballs and someone would hold up a sign that says uh, this pitcher will self destruct in two innings. <laughs> Which was quite true. Now, quick, now, who is, who is the guy that did this? I don't know why I'm, this uh, this is not a baseball show, but after all, you know, it's a hot summer night. Why not, you know? Uh, another 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 great moment uh, in uh, in that period, uh, uh, that period, uh, what what's that, Lee? All right, gee, we're, we're getting another great slogan. Nobody identified the pitcher, right? All right. No, it was not Jay Hook. It, uh, all right, what what pitcher? I'll ask you another question. They, yes, all right, all right. Stop yelling in there. I know. Uh, what? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, I remember that one. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was that was about two weeks after after uh, after uh, Cranepool joined the Mets. I wish somebody'd start whipping that one out again. Uh, two weeks after he joined the Mets, uh, somebody held up a big sign: "Is Eddie Cranepool over the hill?" Of course, he was, uh, you know, pushing a cool 18 at the time. And he's, you know, he's been an elderly gentleman ever since he joined the Mets. A curious type guy. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll ask you another question. Uh, wait, we're getting all this information here. Just a minute. Here's more information. Why? Uh, why did you bring this in here? Huh? You did what? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why she brought this in. You just have to hold it up. I can read it. But uh, there was there was another great uh, moment out there, uh, which uh, which a kind of historical moment uh, for those of you who uh, you know cherish historical moments. Uh, what uh, the, at that time the Mets, you know, of course when they went around and they got all these. Uh, these uh, cast-off ball players, when they were put together, they got a whole crew of uh, of guys that had just, uh, you know, the, made their big thing by winning three games on some college ball clubs. So, so they had a whole bunch of guys who who were very theoretical ball players, but not actually practical ball players. For example, what relief pitcher did they have? He started out with him as a starting pitcher, but that went down the drain very fast <laughs> when they realized that he was good for about two outs. Uh, at, at the beginning of a game, and after that, it was you better wear a steel helmet out in the outfield. Uh, who, what, who was the pitcher? He became a very short, short relief man, if you know what I mean. You know, if, there, if there was, if 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 you had the last guy up in the ninth, see, and you had two strikes on him, you brought this guy in, hoping he would get his strike in. You know, he was good for about two or three uh, strikes over the plate in, in any one given inning. Now, who was this pitcher? He was from Yale. He was from Yale. Yeah, 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 that's right. I remember that was another great uh, Met sign. In fact, that was a, that was a sign that, that, that really said so much. It says, we don't want to set the world on fire. We just want to finish ninth. <laughs> well, of course, it's a 10-team ten, league. And, and, and to rise to ninth was a fantastic thing when you, uh, you, know, when you had uh, Hot Rod Keneal out there. And uh, a few others, uh, those goodies. Yes, I remember this one. Choo-choo, if you ever took up tiddlywinks, it'd be dangerous. Choo-choo who? Who was Choo-choo? That's right. And what number was Choo-choo Coleman? Well, I remember Choo-choo Coleman's number very much. He was always hopping up and down in front of the TV camera. You couldn't miss it. He was number 17, in case you're interested in uh, that kind of trivia. 
And while we're talking about trivia, we have another uh, a little uh, General Tire ding-dong here. Uh, it's, uh, it's a suggestion to see your local General Tire specialist for his great pre-Labor Day buy on famous General Jet white wall tires. They're very exciting tires, and, and I'd like to repeat that uh, they have them in this popular size, which everybody really, really loves. It's a, just a wonderful size, 650 by 13 tubeless. And, uh, I mean, you just go out there and ask for that one and join the crowd. That's a lovely tire. And uh, you look for the big red General Tire G, you see. That's where they sell these General Tire, uh, General Jet white wall tires. And uh, I'd like to suggest that if you're going to do it in uh, in uh, Elizabeth, see Chet Mount or Tom Steele of the General Tire Service, 400 Rawway Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, now... Uh, all right, who hit the ball that saved Roger Craig? <coughs> That's right. Ken McKenzie went to Yale. Ken McKenzie, I always felt a real affinity for Ken because Ken McKenzie was the kind of relief pitcher that I always liked to see come in the game when I was playing baseball. You know, he had glasses and he looked nervous when he'd come out there. You just loved to bat against a guy like that. You know, you just, you just pull your helmet down, you know, and you kick a little dirt over the plate and look mad. And uh, you knew you'd get that slow, easy curve. And then he'd pull his head back, see, because he was always getting hit by line drives. He'd pull his head down between his shoulders. Pow! You know, that kind of pitch, you see. Uh, and and the, the pitcher, they also had another pitcher who was, he was a, a graduate electrical engineer. Did you know that one, see? And, and he was always sitting in the dugout calculating the actual mathematical dynamics of a curveball. Yeah, he, he figured out all the all the uh, tension and the forces that made a curveball, and somebody pointed out it would be kind of great if he could, you know, translate it into reality. You know, it's not enough to just make a curveball in a graph. you got to throw it. Who was that pitcher? He was the graduate electrical engineer. See, they had <laughs> guys like that, which kind of, it was kind of a great the ball club, I mean, when you stop to think about it. The, and uh, the great comedy team. In its in the earliest days, how many of you do feel though that the you know these signs they keep holding up you know so and so loves the Mets, uh, it you know it's a kind of cloying. It's a, it reminds me of those pillows you know and the heart shaped mother and all. Yes, I've done them, honey. What? I did the choo choo. Oh, you want to you want to speak on the air? All right, we'll give you your show. Yes, what was that? Which Met player's nickname was Chalky? Oh, Chalky, that's Andy Capp's buddy. Chalky, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know whose nickname was Chalky. I don't know that. Yes, I knew you would. Uh, that's a uh, that's a uh, very exciting. I, no, I don't know what what met what met met. It wasn't a met. I see. What met ball player's nickname? We'll ask the uh, we'll ask the slobs out there. The, you know, all the Archie Bunkers listening. What met nickname? Uh, who who who's the met whose nickname was Chalky? Chalky. You mean uh, uh, Lindsey Nelson used to call him Chalky on the air? Huh? He did, huh? Chalky. No, I don't remember Chalky. He must have been up for a cup of coffee, maybe even a half a cup. Chalky. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I didn't intend to do a show on baseball tonight, but this isn't really a show on baseball. Uh, very good. Uh, very good. Uh, this, uh, this is not a show on baseball. It's a show on the decline and fall of a whole structure. Uh, I would say that the Mets high point, the actual high point of the Mets came, I would say roughly about the, oh, I would say, I would say the year that uh, Frank Thomas got into a fist fight back of the, back of the, uh, uh, back of the screen with two sports writers. You remember that? He finally then hit Frank Robinson of all people. And, uh, <laughs> And it was one of the, it was one of the really exciting moments of the Mets, and so uh, friends, uh, we have once again uh, uh, traced uh, the decline and fall of our time. Once again, we've examined the slowly uh, accumulating hints that uh, that the path on the destruction of the empire is clearly laid out, as uh, Julius Caesar said so well. And how many of you can certainly not forget it? Uh, Julius Caesar said, "If you've been born to hang, you ain't never going to drown." And uh, he said that. Of course, they stabbed him in the gizzards, you know, so he's not much of a 
criterion on that. And so, friends, uh, this has been brought to you by the Guinea Pig Liberation League of America. And, uh, you know, don't let them get you down. Join the crowd. And uh, we'd like to also salute the new rising organization, which has been growing, the Splat. Uh, it's uh, growing great. You're listening to the president and the founder. Yes, there is a tide in the affairs of men. That taken at the flood leads on to fortune. That incidentally is a quote from an obscure uh, New Jersey poet, Ellsworth R. Russert. Uh, Ellsworth R. Leonard. Or is it B? Or is it M or an N? That's the kind of writing you have, honey. And so, uh, send up another rocket, Mother, and uh, don't give up until he comes home. The raft will float forever, baby. It's just the problem, of course, is hanging on to it. So good night, Roger Craig, wherever you are. Good night, Alia Chacon. Good night. Oh, yes. This is WOR New York, and you stay tuned for Lester Smith and the News. This is the news in detail on the hour from the WR Newsroom. The added words today from both sides of the election battle for the White House clearly pointed out that there are few, if any, issues on which the Republican and Democratic ticket members are in harmony. Vice President Agnew told the Veterans of Foreign Wars Convention in Minneapolis that Senator McGovern's call for amnesty for draft evaders would tear the country apart. And Agnew declared... Those who chose to serve, thousands died for their choice. And until this war is over and until we get the POWs back, those who chose to desert their country can live with their choice. And that is my attitude as a president. Senator McGovern was in Washington today. He said the Nixon administration is afraid to deal with the real issues of increased unemployment, doubled welfare rolls, tax reform. And the Democratic presidential candidate hinted that he was ready to eliminate his proposed $1,000 grant to every American as a welfare reform measure. McGovern told some of his labor supporters that the Democratic administration would put the number one emphasis on a job for every man and woman in the country who is able to work. McGovern campaign aide Pierre Salinger, the former press secretary to the late President Kennedy, accused the Nixon administration today of intimidating the news media. Salinger said that after President Nixon's 45-minute nomination acceptance speech, at the Republican convention Wednesday night, neither of two television networks that he had watched had commentaries on the speech. Salinger said this lack of comment was an index of how successful the administration has been in quieting the press. Perhaps he should have been listening to WR Radio, where there was commentary. Salinger also charged that the president withholding fewer press conferences than any other chief executive. The fact is, in modern times, remarked Salinger, I think it's unfortunate that the president does not allow himself to be questioned by the press. China, the newest member of the United Nations Security Council, tonight vetoed UN admission of the new nation of Bangladesh. China's ambassador, Huang Hua, was the only council member to vote against admitting the recently independent nation on the Indian subcontinent. What's behind the communist government veto? Huang said the Soviet Union friendship and military alliance treaty with India is part of social imperialism and is playing a most insidious role in development of the situation in the South Asian subcontinent. India fully supported the Bangladesh War for Independence from Pakistan. South Vietnam's military reported that its soldiers recaptured the town of Khaesan today, a strong point in the North Vietnamese-occupied Khaesan Valley. The South Vietnamese general who commanded the forces in the valley has been formally dismissed from his command because he lost control of the area to the enemy. Heavy fighting continued today on two sides of Saigon. We'll have more news after this. See your local General Tire Specialist for a great pre-Labor Day buy on the famous General Jet White Wall Tires. Prices start as low as $29.90 for a pair of these long mileage tires in popular size 650 by 13 tubeless white wall. Federal excise tax, $1.75 per tire. And larger sizes of the General Jet White Wall are comparably priced. Now, if you've been thinking of buying new tires before the holidays, stop in and see this tire. The General Jet has four full plies of tough nylon cord, Duragen tread rubber for long mileage, General's famous dual tread design, and slim white wall styling. That's at your local General Tire headquarters, where you see the big red General Tire G and mount a pair or set of those long-mileage General Jet white wall tires. See Chet Mount or Tom Steele of General Tire Service 
400 Rawway Avenue, Elizabeth, New Jersey. WRAM Radio News Time is four minutes after 11 o'clock. The Queens District Attorney's Office reported tonight that a woman suspect had surrendered in connection with the shooting of an off-duty city policeman. The suspect surrendered at the Queens County Courthouse. She said that she had met patrolman Ralph Harris shortly before the 3 a.m. shooting. According to newsmen at the courthouse, the woman admitted shooting Harris with his own gun in a car at 109th Avenue and 157th Street in Jamaica. Harris was last reported in poor condition with a stomach wound at Queens General Hospital. The girl in custody for the shooting is 15 years old and says she is a prostitute. Mayor Lindsay has been asked to stop construction of the low-income Forest Hills housing project until the City Board of Estimate decides on whether to alter the project. Both City Controller Abraham Beam and City Council President Sanford Garlick urged Lindsay to halt the construction. Garlick said that indications are that the project's groundwork is nearing a point of no return, and this tends to make a farce of honest efforts to negotiate a settlement. The mayor has approved a compromise that would have the project's size. A federal district court in Buffalo has issued a permanent order against New York State's policy of compelling welfare mothers with dependent children to receive their checks in person at social service centers. Today's order from a three-judge court gives the state 60 days to start mailing checks to the welfare recipients. We'll have more news in a moment. Can you imagine having my first beau and his wife for dinner last night? I haven't seen him for 11 years. You seemed a bit edgy yesterday morning. You should have taken aspirin. But I didn't have a headache. I felt a bit edgy, so I took Compose. Compose, famous for temporary relief of occasional simple nervous tension. Well, they were just charming at dinner. A bit edgy at times? Help take the edge off with Compose. Honey, we're just going to the club dance. Why the garden hat? It's pretty. Pretty? Come on, what's with your head? Dandruff. And I used a dandruff shampoo two days ago. Well, maybe yours is tougher than plain dandruff. It can be psoriasis. See your doctor. Sorex medicated shampoo used regularly helps relieve flaking and scaling. Sorex. P-S-O-R-E-X. Tougher than plain dandruff. Going to the club dance without that hat? I used my head and Sorex. Sorex shampoo. Tougher than plain dandruff. This WOR program reminder, Long Island's job problem is the topic tomorrow night at 7.30 on Inside Long Island when host Bob Brady talks with Joseph Gavin, Jr., president of the Grumman Aerospace Corporation, the builder of the fourth and final orbiting astronomical observatory launched Monday. Now, Long Island's biggest employer faces major cutbacks, a serious threat to Long Island's economy. Listen tomorrow night at 7.30 to Inside Long Island over WRAM 710. The abortion question. It was put to 1,500 people last June by the Gallup polling organization. And tonight, Gallup said that the survey shows that two out of every three Americans interviewed think that the question of whether to have an abortion should be decided solely between a woman and her physician. The Gallup poll also said that 73% of those interviewed agreed that professional birth control information, services and counseling should be made available to unmarried teenagers. And according to Gallup, 56% of the Roman Catholics questioned also favored the abortion statement and 68% backed teenage birth control. Today, the Nassau County Medical Center said that it would await directions from the county attorney before obeying a federal court order on Medicaid abortion. The court had ruled that Medicaid can be used for abortions despite a ban on that service by New York State Social Service Commissioner the attorney who successfully argued the challenge to the ban, Jerome Seidel, said that he will move to cite Nassau County and its hospital officials for contempt of the court order if they do not comply with it or appeal it by Monday. The state ban on Medicaid abortions was in effect for 16 months before that court ruling. Even then, at least 27,000 abortions were paid for by the state's Medicaid program. This report, according to a spokesman for the state social services department, the abortions were performed because the department accepted judgments from physicians that the pregnancy terminations did qualify under the Medicaid program. New Jersey's Racing Commission announced today that it's begun an investigation into charges that Riva Ridge was drugged before the August 5th running of the Monmouth Invitational. Riva Ridge was the favorite in the race. He finished fourth. 
Commission chairman said that effective immediately, every favorite beaten in a race will be subject to a test as well as the winner. We'll have more news after these notes from our WR community calendar. The Newark Daycare Center will open a daycare program for infants ages 1 and 2. That center will be located at 15 East Kinney Street in the opening date, September 11th. Hurry and register your child. The center can accommodate only 24 children and spaces are filled on a first-come, first-served basis. For information, call Mrs. Pauline Mathis at 201-344-1762. You can't vote if you haven't registered. You can't serve on a jury either. Any citizen who will be 18 by November 8th and has lived in New York State for at least 30 days can register to vote. But street registration ends on September 2nd, so call First Vote at 593-8296 and call now. WRAM Radio News Time, 10 minutes after 11 o'clock. This is Merle Harmon. And this is Sam DeLuke. And we'll be bringing you New York Jets football live every game on WORAM Radio. The Jets play the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow at 8.35. Jet action tomorrow at 8.35 on WORAM Radio. One news in a bold new plan to provide employment for rehabilitated mental patients. Howard Samuels announced that the new off-track betting office to be open in Queens in October will be staffed by former patients from Creedmoor State Hospital. Samuels explained that the purpose of the plan is to provide jobs for former patients and outpatients when other employers will not hire them. W.R.'s John Scott asked Samuels whether customers at the new betting office will know that they are being served by Creedmoor graduates. Not in reality. Those kind of things tend to go through a neighborhood, uh, but we've had no problem with the offices that we've had that run by addicts who are under care. Uh, because in reality, these people are rehabilitated, and what they need is an opportunity. And if society doesn't provide them with an opportunity, their chance of relapse is obviously much greater. They need the dignity of useful work. And what we're proving is that with the support of creative agencies who will provide the counseling, and we wouldn't do this if it was any extra cost to the taxpayers, but we're getting counseling help from Creedmore as we are getting in our attic offices uh, counseling help from Vera Institute of Justice. Uh, we think that these are the kind of things that we can do and prove that, uh, uh, that profits and social change can go on at the same time. The draw is no road to success for world chess champion Boris Spassky. Today, another tie, the result of the latest game between Spassky and challenger Bobby Fischer. And just like the previous game, Spassky made the same move three times, and that enabled Fischer to call for the draw. Fischer now has ten and a half points to Spassky seven and a half in the competition. If Fisher gets 12 and a half before Spassky reaches 12 points, Fisher is the new world's title holder. Sports, Yonkers Raceway, Daily Double, number six, off-track betting letter F, Jefferson Gal, number one, OTB letter A, Pat Tarr. Feature number three, OTB letter C, Keystone Pat. Baseball in the American League, Yankees split a doubleheader. They beat Kansas City 4-1. to one. Then Kansas City took the nightcap 5-1. to one. Boston 4, Texas nothing. Milwaukee, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota rained out. In the National League... Atlanta beat the Mets 2-1. San Francisco bombed Chicago 11-2. Pittsburgh 3, Los Angeles 2 in 12 innings. Second game, Los Angeles 3, Pittsburgh 2 in the seventh. Another doubleheader, St. Louis beat San Diego 7-4 in the opener. And it's St. Louis 6-1 over San Diego in the second inning of the second game. Cincinnati 6, Philadelphia 1. Montreal and Houston 3-3 in the eighth inning. Stocks closed mixed today in light trading. New York exchange volume, 13,840,000 shares. Losers outnumbering gainers, 825 to 566. 358 unchanged. Dow Jones Industrials closed up 0.98. Transportation down 0.20. Utilities down 0.45. Price of an average big board common share dropped 15 cents. American exchange sales, 3,150,000 shares. Losers ahead of the gainers, 509 to 352. 304 unchanged, Amex index, down 0.03. The WOR weather watch update for this hour, warm, hazy, quite humid tonight, lows in the low 70s, partly sunny, hot and humid tomorrow, highs around 90, warm, hazy and humid again tomorrow night, and the lows again in the low 70s. Partly cloudy, very warm and humid on Sunday, with showers and thunder showers likely, the highs near 90 Current temperature, 78 degrees, 
Humidity 72%, wind southwest 9 miles an hour. The barometer 30 inches and steady and the THI 75. The top of the news at this hour. Vice President Agnew says McGovern's call for draft Dodger amnesty would tear this nation apart. McGovern says that if he's elected, he would put number one emphasis on a job for everyone able to work. China rejects United Nations admission of Bangladesh with a Security Council veto. 15-year-old girl who says she is a prostitute surrenders in connection with early morning shooting of off-duty New York City patrolman. City Council President and Controller asked Mayor Lindsay to halt the Forest Hills housing project until the Board of Estimate decides on further plans. That's the latest from the WOR Newsroom, Lester Smith reporting. Editor for the 11 o'clock news, Charles Finley. Stay tuned for the Barry Farber program following this WOR 710 editorial. A statement of this station's opinion from WRAM Vice President and General Manager Robert S. Smith. Staggering to work in the morning could help solve part of the rush hour problem in New York. A group of lower Manhattan businessmen say that since they began staggering work shifts in their companies, subway congestion has been cut by a quarter. Bringing people into work at times other than 9 a.m. means shorter subway lines, more available subway seats, and probably fewer grumpy workers. Now a group of midtown businessmen wants employees in that part of town to stagger to work. One and a half million people work in the area between 14th and 59th streets, river to river. If some of them kick the nine-to-five habit, it's estimated that subway congestion could be cut way down at places like Grand Central, Rockefeller Center, Penn Station, and Times Square. All that's needed is for some midtown workers to start the day at 8 or 8.30. They'd be finished before 5.